the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. You know, people are so grateful for people like you who are unwilling to bend and, and, and play nice with the other side. It's tough now because you got you got an entire, uh, you know, you got a mishmash of people in, in the House. You got... You got red meat Republicans. You have some establishment Republicans. It's almost, I guess, like hurting hurting cats a little bit. I know you must be heartbroken. It must be heartbroken for you to hear that your colleague Adam Schiff wants to run for Senate. This would be ter- what a terrible <laughs> loss this would be for the House, huh? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think he probably is going to run for Senate. I, I know we got another uh, colleague who's she's announced as well. So we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, but we're, look, we're going to be focused on doing what we told the American people we're going to do. Uh, there's certain bills we need to pass. I don't think Chuck Schumer will take them up, but we still need to pass them to fix the problems the Democrats have created. Then we need to do the oversight, the investigative work that's part of our constitutional duty. We need to do it in a way that's consistent with the Constitution, unlike, I think, the way the Democrats have. But we need to do it, and we need to do it vigorously and aggressively, because I think that's what's warranted when you think about these unelected bureaucrats who think they run our lives. And then, uh, then we need to deal with the, the, the crazy spending, and, and we got the debt ceiling issue and some other things coming up. So I think that's, that's going to be the focus of the Congress, uh, kind of those three, three areas. And uh, we, we should just get about doing that work, and that's what we're going to do. We've got a tight majority, so we're going to have to work together, as you, 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 you indicated. But I think we can get that done. Let's, I want to go down the list of things that you're going to tackle. And, you know, of course, that was the name of your book, Do What You Said You Would Do, which I, I love about your constant mantra. And you said it on stage there in Ohio that night. You, we got to do what we were elected to do. But before we get to that, we, we understand the obstacle with the still the Democrat-controlled Senate. So there's going to be a real uphill battle. It can Are there areas of legislation? Are the things areas of agreement or 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 some some reason for optimism in, in, in? And if so, what are those? Where do you think Chuck Schumer's Senate might be willing to, to play ball with the, the Republican controlled House? I think there are very few. I mean, you, you think about what we've seen happen in two years, a border that's no longer a border, a military that can't meet its recruitment goals, bad energy policy, bad education policy, record spending, record inflation, record debt. I don't think they're going to really want to work with us on, on bills that we will pass to fix the border, to, to deal with energy policy. They, they just I don't think they're going to be willing to work with us on those. We should still pass them, as I said, so the country right. can see what we're for. And that, frankly, helps frame up the 2024 presidential contest, which will be so important. But I do think there's one area where I, th- I think this debt ceiling issue. Now, think about the Democrats' position right now. Democrats said, uh, or Democrats five weeks ago passed that $1.7 billion, excuse me, trillion dollar monstrosity trillion. of a bill, funding all kinds of stupid things, and House Republicans were against it. And then one week ago, the White House says, we will not negotiate with House Republicans on the debt ceiling. They simply need to just approve borrowing trillions of more dollars. 
Now think how crazy it is. You just passed a crazy bill that we were against, spending on plankton <laughs> studies and salmon studies and giving the FBI a $500 million increase. And now you're saying you're not going to negotiate. No one believes that. So we're going to be able to, I think, get some good things on the debt ceiling, maybe some good structural things like, oh, if we get to the end of the fiscal year and the appropriation process hasn't been completed, we don't just have some mad dash, oh, a government shutdown scenario, and we're going to spend a boatload more money like the White House wants. No, we'll just spend what we're currently spending, just a, just a CR, so we avoid that. Maybe one of the other things we should do is, oh, you know what, if we're going to increase the borrowing authority and have more money, uh, borrow more money, maybe the Senate for what something they haven't done in years, maybe they should have to pass a budget. You know, you go to a bank and you want to get a loan for a business, you got to show them a business plan, for goodness sake. you got to show them a budget. So, but somehow the, the, the United States Senate under Chuck Schumer had to do that. So I think we might be able to win some things there, and we're certainly going to do that. We're going to need all the tools in our arsenal to try to get the country back, and, and uh, social media plays a role of the, in this. I want to get your opinion about Facebook and uh, Instagram, Meta, uh, inviting President Trump back onto those platforms. Uh, Twitter did so a couple of months ago. Uh, he has yet to tweet. He has yet to really, you know, indicate whether he's going to go back. I know he's got his own platform, Truth Social. Yeah. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, Mr. Chairman, but I, I got I smell a rat. I feel a setup coming. I don't trust them. As far, I don't think they're doing this out of the goodness of their heart. Would you advise President Trump to go back to these platforms? Or do you think he ought to stand pat with Truth Social and stay away from Facebook and yeah. Twitter and Instagram? I leave that totally up to President Trump, however he wants to. I mean, he's he's one of the greatest communicators ever. Um, I think I think he'll he'll do what he wants to do there. What yeah. I want to get to the bottom of is what we've now learned because of Elon Musk. What we've now learned about this cozy relationship between big government and big tech, and how they right. work to keep information from the American people. And again, God bless Elon Musk for for the Twitter files. I've, I've been reading through these now. I mean, it is truly yeah. unbelievable what they did and the bias that exists inside a big tech. And then to have the FBI encouraging that bias to keep information from we the people days and weeks before the presidential election two years ago. I mean, right. this is unbelievable. So um, we, we're going to look at that issue because it is so fundamental to how our First Amendment is supposed to work and how it was right. how it was assaulted by these folks in the last couple of years. I'm also really intrigued that after two years, all these tech giants have decided, oh, yeah, now President Trump can come back. Why? What changed? What's different? Yeah, no. You know, what, yeah. if you're if you're if your justification is that you're you're a, a prominent you know, presidential candidate and you have a right to be heard, that standard should have applied two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. He should have never been kicked off. The idea that what was a Twitter kicked off President Trump, but the Ayatollah could still tweet on his platform. I mean, it right. made no sense. It made no sense whatsoever. It was a direct attack on the First Amendment because government people were encouraging it. There's one one uh, example where Adam Schiff was trying to get a journalist taken off of a, one of these. I can't remember if it was Facebook or if it was Twitter. But you got a, you got the head of the uh, uh, the House Intel Committee, the the key leader in the impeachment effort trying to get a journalist taken down. I mean, talk about a direct attack on freedom of the press, First Amendment freedom of the press. I mean, that that is the kind of stuff that is scary. And frankly, what it's it's the Judiciary Committee, the House of Representatives is supposed to be the committee most concerned about protecting the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, our fundamental liberties. And to have someone like Adam Schiff attacking that and Jerry Nadler, I think in many ways, uh, the Democrats on the committee supporting that is is just wrong.
Congressman, Congressman, I want to ask you a personal question, if I may, as it relates to the way you do your job and the way you have to function in the halls of Congress. Uh, there's a lot of noise this week about Adam Schiff and Swalwell and Ilhan Omar being removed from their <laughs> from their committees and, and chairmanships and all that. I mean, listen, uh, that's a lot of noise. I mean, the idea that they're sitting there screaming, oh, this is partisan politics is almost laughable. Can I ask you on a personal level how awkward it is? To, to walk down the halls with the, some of these political opponents that, that that Republicans have? Is it difficult to do business with these folks who, you know, seem to be unwilling to work with Republicans in any way, shape, or form? What's that like day to day? I actually try to say hello to folks and, and, and be cordial and, you know, just like you would, Mike. You're walking down the hall, you're sure. going to say hello to folks. So I try to do, do they that. say hello back? To, uh, do they say hello back yeah, to you? Yeah. Yeah, for for the most part, yeah, there there are some Democrats, not the ones you were just talking there, but there are some who, um, particularly during COVID, I mean, they were it was so ridiculous. Like if if you didn't yeah. have a mask on in the hall, they were like pointing, like, you know, it's just it's I have had I have had a few of them swear at me, um, and I'm like I would never do that to you, but so it, right. it's it's, it's kind of sad. I think the bigger problem is that today's left is different from the left of 10, 12, 15 years ago. Uh, right. I always say one of my good friends is Dennis Kucinich, and and truly a friend. I mean, I was we we've had coffee together. We talk, we text, we call. I mean, he's a he's a he's a good guy, but he's an old school liberal who believes in the First Amendment. He's a lefty. Right. He believes all kinds of crazy lefty things. He thinks I'm a crazy conservative, <clears throat> but he believes in the First Amendment. He believes in healthy debate. You get your best hold, make your best argument. He'll do the same. Let's see what happens right. at the end of the day, and then we can get a cup of coffee. That is not today's left. Today's left says no. I don't agree with them. You're not allowed to talk. And if you try, if you try to speak, they're going to call you racist. The president of the United States is going to stand in front of Independence Hall and call us fascist. I mean, they're going to come after you. And the cancel culture yeah. mob jumps in as well. So that is not healthy. And that's what we got to stop. You're right about the different breed. There's a different way of doing things from the left. Now, and I remember many appearances I had on Fox News Channel over the years with the late Alan Combs. Alan was willing yeah. to, to, to yeah. disagree and do it civilly. And today, in fairness, look at, uh, speaking of Fox News, Harold Ford. Congressman Harold Ford seems to be a does pretty a reasonable job. guy. Yeah, sure does. I like the guy. He a great job. And he, yeah, yeah, he's the kind of guy you can hang out with even if you have some different politics. He just seemed like a good guy. I've never really met with him, didn't really serve with him, but um, seems like a great guy. Yeah, he is. He, he really is indeed. Final question, Congressman, and we we'd greatly appreciate you taking time with our audience and our listeners sure. and viewers appreciate you very much here on the Salem News Channel and uh, on radio stations all over the country. Let's talk about the role of oversight, the role of investigations. Uh, you know, we got lots of uh, of drama with Hunter Biden, lots of scandal with the classified documents. The idea that the president's son, Hunter Biden, might have had access to classified documents can, just curls your hair. I mean, you cannot believe yeah. that of all people that shouldn't be near classified documents, it seems to be that troubled soul. Um, what what do you, what role will will judiciary play? What role will Congress play in trying to get to the bottom of what seems to be these many yeah. many Biden family scandals? I think the Oversight Committee under Chairman Comer. And the Intel Committee will be mostly involved in in looking at the, the the potential influence of foreign actors and 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 the banking issues and those things. I mean, Chairman Comer's talked about he wants to get access to the suspicious activity reports. Uh, it's right. been reported there are over 150 of these about the Biden how they move money around and all. Um, 
So I think that'll probably happen there. Our, our focus in the Judiciary Committee will be on the unequal application of the law. And it sure looks like that way when you look at how President Trump was treated and the classified document issue with him and how President Biden and, frankly, Secretary Clinton were treated. So we're focused on that because in this great country, you cannot have a double standard. You cannot have a unequal application of the law. It's supposed to be equal treatment under the law in the greatest country ever. And right now, it sure doesn't seem like we have that. It seems like we have. And we've had dozens of whistleblowers come confirm what we all suspect about the Justice Department. FBI agents come to us as whistleblowers. It seems like we have a Justice Department that operates in a political fashion. If you're a pro-life activist praying in front of a clinic, you get arrested your, at your house in front of your wife and kids. They kick in your door and arrest you. If you're one of the, I mean, hundreds and thousands of, of, uh, of pro-abortion uh, activists in front of a Supreme Court justice's home in direct violation of a statute, 18 U.S.C. Section 1507, which says you cannot be protesting in front of a justice's home with the intent of influencing a pending case, a pending decision, which is exactly what they were doing, nothing seems to happen to you. So this, this, this difference in double standard, the Americans are sick of it. We want equal application of the law, and that'll be the focus. That part will be the focus in the Judiciary Committee. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.